2020, episode 117. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, the host that brings you the news, the related events, the dirt, the grime, everything that goes on with regards to these candidates, their issues, the politics, everything that goes on with the 2020 elections. I also bring you lots of other stuff as well. My thoughts on particular issues that they're talking about, my thoughts on issues that are going on around the world, and uh, my thoughts on the empire that we live in as well. So that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. There's something really important going on right now, and it irks me so bad. It's it's got me um it's got me fired up. It's got me fired up quite a bit, and I'm not sure why. I'm just uh, you're watching the news and stuff like that over the last couple days, and you see this little thing that they're saying. The Navy is responding to a like I find an article in the Wall Street Journal says Navy responds to suspected attack on oil tankers amid U.S. Iran tensions. This happened to hap- it happened in the Persian Gulf area, and obviously they link it right to Iran and every single every single issue or every single article that you find they're linking it to Iran somehow or saying something about the Iran and U.S. tensions and all that. And this goes back two weeks ago with these other oil tankers that were supposedly sabotaged. And no, America claims that it was Iran, and they don't. But there's no proof. There's no evidence. There's no basis for these accusations. Not even the UAE, who happened to be the that happened to be out of their ports that this happened at. They won't even claim that it's Iran. They'll say it's some state-sponsored group, but they won't say it's Iran. They said that they were going to bring proof of it to the United Nations Security Council, yet they had not. So there's no evidence in that particular attack or that particular thing that happened. There's no evidence that it was Iran, Iran or anything. It was There's no evidence whatsoever. So that's what they're saying. That's what all the news reports that I see, a lot of the experts in this that I see, they're not able to claim that it was Iran. The U.S. still says it is, and the media still runs with the narrative that it is. And it's crazy that that's the case. So obviously the media is going to run with the same narrative as well on this particular issue. Thursday morning, there was something that happened with these tankers. They said that there was explosions. There was two tankers that it happened to. There was, And they said that. There was a hole in the side of one of the tankers. I've seen pictures. There's fire and everything. They've they evacuated the crew. This was a Japanese crew, apparently. The the ship sails out of the Bahamas, though. That's where the ship sails out of. That's where the, the flag that it flies. But this was going to Asia. The oil that was on these tankers was going to Asia. And they they 
the crew was taken off the ship and the investigators start looking into it. But immediately the accusations start going towards Iran, which is normal. That's the way the press is going to frame it, right? That is the way that press is going to frame it. But where is our where are our political leaders going to take this thing? That's what I'm trying to get at. They're going to run with something like this for sure. The military's going to start looking into it. They're going to start boosting up this drumbeat for war. And that, my friends, scares the crap out of me. That is why, that is what irks me today. That is what is really making me, I mean, I'm, I'm taking this episode into an Eye on the Empire type segment. And the reason why is because of this. This is something that we need to be aware of that our government's doing the way that they're going to frame this thing in order to try to get the drum beats for war going. And let me get into the article that I found, because when you really read the article, when you really read it, it makes me start thinking, like, what's going on? Why would the Iranians do this? Why would they do this? And so let me go ahead and go over the article with you guys. But first, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you like what you hear. I've been putting out... I've been seeing a lot and lot more people listening, and that's phenomenal to me that I'm getting more listeners. I don't know if it resonates with people or whatever, but that's good. I appreciate that you're listening every single day. Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you're a first-time listener. If second-time listener, you just decide to come back for more, go ahead and subscribe again as well. Subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. This is a message that needs to get out there. The message of liberty, the message of freedom. The libertarian ideal of non-aggression. Those are the things that we talk about on this show every single day. And I'd love to hear your stories as well. I really do. You guys hear me talk about other people's stories all the time. And that's what I'm going to be talking about on the show on a regular basis. is people's stories and what they're doing to promote liberty, right? And so if you'd like to hear your story on the air, just go ahead and tell me about it. And you can do that at ray at ionleempire.com. And then go ahead and give me a five-star rating or review that helps with those algorithms. And those algorithms help it when people search for libertarian podcasts, when they search for libertarian or whatever, when they're looking through podcasts, they're going to find my show. And then this message is going to spread further. So I appreciate you you know, sharing it with your friends and also give me those five-star ratings and reviews. And that would be phenomenal. Uh, so let's hop into this article that I found. It's from the Wall Street Journal. And it says, oil tankers off Iran hit by suspected torpedoes. And then it says, this is out of Dubai. Two oil tankers were damaged in attacks off the coast of Iran early Thursday, including one operated by a Japanese company on a day when Tehran rebuffed attempts by Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe to ease a military standoff with the U.S. So... Tehran has, or the, that's the capital of Iran, right? So their leadership, actually, it says later on in the in the article that Iran had invited Japanese leaders over to their country to have some diplomatic relationship with them to talk to them about this standoff that's going on with with America, with the United States. So they have people from Japan over there and. Now they're going to attack one of their ships. Now they're going to 
a, send a torpedo into the ship and try to blow it up? It just doesn't make sense to me why they would do why they would do something like that if they did it. Like that is the when I'm reading the article, I'm thinking to myself, so if they had foreign diplomats from Japan over visiting their country in order to try to get them on board with, hey, you know what, we're doing the right thing here, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion off the coast on two ships. This doesn't make sense to me that they would do that. But the media reports it as an Iranian-led thing, essentially. And there's no, there's, there has literally been no investigation of this yet. It's way too soon to tell. It is way too soon to tell. So, and then the article says the incident sent oil prices sharply higher, resonated fears of trade disruptions in the Strait of Hormuz, which through which over a third of the world's seaborne crude oil is shipped. Brent crude international benchmark for crude prices rose four percent on Thursday to sixty-two thirty-seven. The attacks appeared to use relatively sophisticated weapons, according to early assessments, and came r- within roughly. 45 minutes of each other in the Gulf of Oman, where four tankers were attacked last month in an incident the U.S. blamed on Iran, which Tehran has denied. The U.S. military has built up its military presence in the Persian Gulf in response to what American officials said were threats from Iran sending an aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham Lincoln, and its strike group to the region. Damage to one of the tankers was extensive, including a fire and a hole in the waterline that was consistent with a hit by a torpedo or other projectile, according to early assessments. The other ship, a Japanese tanker, was hit with a projectile in a series of assaults, Japanese officials said Thursday. With ships caught on fire and their crews abandoning ship, neither appeared to be in danger of sinking, authorities said. Thursday's attacks marked an enough marked another in a series of skirmishes across the Persian Gulf that have escalated a crisis triggered by President Trump's decision last year to pull out of the 2015 international deal to cap Iran's nuclear program. A missile fired by Iran-allied Houthi militias in Yemen injured 26 civilians in a southern Saudi airport on Wednesday. So it could be the people in Yemen that were doing this. Who knows? It's hard to tell. There is a lot going on in Yemen right now. That is true. They do say that they're that the Houthis are allies of Iran, which I have heard. And I, don't quote me on this, but I've heard that that is a very loose ally. That is like you have to scrape together things to make it sound like they're even an ally of Iran in the sense that they're being funded by them and so forth. So no one's claimed responsibility for these attacks on four tankers in the Gulf of Oman last month. Though the United Arab Emirates told the UN that the aggressor was most likely another country, Iran has denied responsibility for those attacks. It accused the U.S. of carrying out an economic war with a round of financial sanctions that have choked off most of the crude exports in the country. The attack on a Japanese-operated ship came the same day that Mr. Abe met with Mr. Kameni to try to ease the standoff between the U.S. and Tehran. Mr. Khamenei dismissed Mr. Abe's effort to initiate negotiations between Tehran and Washington, darkening prospects for dialogue. Okay, so the strikes on Thursday also represent the latest hazard for oil infrastructure. 
But if they're trying to have talks with Japan, it just doesn't make sense that they would do that. So when I look at this, I don't think false flag or anything like that. I'm not sure. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist on anything, but the the logic does not add up to me at all. Now, I have heard several people saying that um, that maybe like Israel might be trying to stir up some controversy over there or something like that, and they have the sophisticated weapons to make something like that happen. I don't know. I don't know. That's for you to look into, you to decide. I just think that there is something, there's some red flags in this conversation, that's all. There's absolutely some red flags in this conversation, and it gets back to things like the Gulf of Tonkin that started the Vietnam War. It gets back to a few other things that the you know, especially with the invasion of Iraq and all of the lead up to that, the false reports of weapons of mass destruction, like the war industrial complex will do whatever it takes to get into a war. They will lie, cheat, and steal to make it happen. And if this is the case, then I don't have a lot of trust in in the federal government when it comes to these issues. I don't. I don't trust the CIA that's making, you know, that's across the world doing whatever it does. Because somewhere those drumbeats of war happen, and somewhere we're always getting false reports of different things happening that turn out not to be true, but get our army involved in stuff. And then we lose thousands of lives of soldiers, the best and brightest out there, you know? And it's just wrong. It's wrong. But these are people that are, that are, these are bureaucrats in Washington that make these decisions very lightly for the kids that are 18 years old that are signing up to serve their country. And it's absolutely wrong. And if this is the case, if this turns out to be some sort of false flag type event, some kind of lie purported to the media, even, I mean, obviously this happened, obviously there's a fire on the ship and there's a hole in the side of it. So something happened, but they are going to place the blame firmly on Iran in order to stir up stir up war. That's what they're going to do. And I just see red flags all over this all over this story. And I hate to look at it from such a skeptical point of view. I do. I really do. But I just don't see it, man. I just don't. So um, it's got, it's, it's got me fired up guys. It's got me fired up. When I started reading this story, I was like, wow, why would Iran do this? You know? And then as I get deeper into the story, it's like, especially when they have somebody from Japan over there trying to talk with them and get them on board with their, their ideas. That doesn't make sense at all. Nothing. No sense whatsoever. So, go in and look into this story, though. Let me know what you think. You can do that at com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, moving on to the election, though. Move on over to the election. Let me go in and talk about something I found. And you guys might like this one, actually. I'm going through a poll that was done by the Boston Globe the other day. And all of the reports that had from the Boston Globe, this this particular poll. So this is Massachusetts voters, right? 
Massachusetts voters. And I'm going through the poll and it says Biden, you know, 25%. And it has, uh, let me go ahead and pull out the actual report really fast though so I can get you the exact numbers. I hate not having the exact numbers right in front of me. And let me go ahead and find those really fast for you. So yeah, this is a Massachusetts poll. And the exact numbers are this. Joe Biden gets 21.62% of the vote in Massachusetts if the, if they were going to be nominating somebody today. You had Elizabeth Warren at 10%. And you expect her to have pretty high numbers in Massachusetts of all places, right? That's where she's from. You got Bernie Sanders with 6.2% of the vote. You expect him to do a little bit better than that, right? But he's not. He's behind Elizabeth Warren. And then right, bo- right above Bernie Sanders, actually, is Pete Buttigieg. And I've said he's the sleeper, right? So he's the sleeper in this. He's kind of, he's actually beating Bernie Sanders in a state that is very liberal. I mean, Massachusetts is probably one of the most liberal states outside of like California, Vermont, Oregon, right? Probably Massachusetts on the East Coast, extremely liberal. I mean, they do vote for some Republican president or uh, governors every so often, but rarely have they ever, I don't think they've ever gone Republican in a presidential, like in a presidential election ever, because they're, they're the home of the Kennedys, you know, and they love their Kennedys, but there's a very liberal place. I have a lot of family members that are from there and they seem to be very liberal as well. So, so you got Joe Biden, 21%, Elizabeth Warren, 10%, Pete Buttigieg, 8% coming in third, Bernie Sanders, 6%, and then Kamala Harris, 4.5%, right? And then everyone else is right around, you know, there's a few that are 0%. Uh, you have Andrew Yang is 1%, or a little less than 1%. Tulsi Gabbard, 1%. Cory Booker, 1%. So you have all these people, and I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, well, how many people were actually talked about, how many people they talked to in this poll, right? Because they, when they call people, they say, are you Republican or Democrat, obviously, and then they're going to say, well, if you're going to vote for today, who would you vote for? in the Democratic primary, but they're only going to ask that to the Democrats, right? They're not going to ask that to the Republicans. So get this. This is the most telling thing from this article, or from from this poll. 41.62% were undecided. Is that crazy or what? Over 40% of people in Massachusetts, a liberal, I mean, the bastion of liberalism right there, and 41% of the people were undecided on who that they would vote for, that leaves a lot of room open for anybody. That's a lot of people that are just like, and this is a poll, right? This is a poll. It says, if the Democratic primary for president were held today and the candidates were blank, for whom would you vote or lean towards? And it gave all of those that list, and 41% said they were undecided. And this is Massachusetts. This tells me a lot. This is what it tells me. First, Democrats have no clue who they want to vote for. For their, of the 23 people, they have no idea who it's going to be. Over 40% have no idea. So it leaves an opening for any one of those people to really win those hearts and minds of those people, right? That's Democrats that that answer this question. Number two, 
these these people are looking for somebody else. They are. Nobody is talking to those people, right? So of those 41%, are they going to vote for a Democrat? Are they going to vote for a Republican? Or is there room for a third option then? 41% of those people, Democrats, people that would vote in a Democratic primary, 41%, they have no, I mean, they are confused. They're probably not quite so far left as Bernie Sanders, but they just don't know about Joe Biden either. They're looking for their person. They are. That's, that's just, to me, that leaves a lot of room for somebody that is, I don't know, maybe a libertarian. Maybe a libertarian can get in there and win some of those hearts and minds with a message of liberty, with a message of freedom in a state where people believe in dem- the democratic message, I guess. I, I mean, and you don't have, you haven't really made up your mind yet, but you know what? It's very early. It's very early in the primary season. Maybe those people that they asked, they just don't, they just haven't really decided yet. That could be the case as well. I just thought it was just a very interesting, a very interesting thing. That's all. When 41% of Democrats haven't made up their mind. So does it leave room for a libertarian? Does it leave room for another candidate to jump in that's going to generate more excitement? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that most of these candidates don't seem like they're generating as much excitement as, say, a Donald Trump did in 2016 when he announced. Like, he jumped right to the front as soon as he announced. Donald Trump, boom, right to the front. He had that that message that resonated with the blue-collar worker, the disenfranchised person, the person that felt like they were disenfranchised in the United States. The Democrats, all they have is the person that's promising the most. That's all. I mean, I heard Bernie Sanders say it the other day. He says, it was a tweet that I read, and it says, in the richest country in the world, kids should not be hungry at school. I'm calling for universal universal free lunch at all schools. Is that crazy? But he has to one-up his competition. And that's what he, that's what he has to do. So we're going to one-up them by saying universal free lunch. Not even thinking about the fact that if you are, as a country, going to provide free lunch for people, does it need to be universal? Does it? It doesn't need to be universal. Just like universal healthcare doesn't need to be universal. There are people that can afford it. There's people that can afford free lunch. I can afford lunch for my kids every day. You know what I do? I pack the lunch every day. You know why? Because it costs way less. Yeah, I have to... It's an inconvenience. It takes me five minutes in the morning to make two sandwiches, throw some snacks in there, a juice box, and zip it up and go. It's a little bit inconvenient, but I do it because I don't want to pay the $2.25 for the lunch. We are in a country that has food. We throw away more food than we eat. Come on, man. Universal free lunch. But that's what we're living in. That's That's the place where... The Democrats have gotten to the point where it's just a one-up competition to see who can give away the most stuff. That's all it is. So 41% of Democrats in in Massachusetts have no idea who they want to vote for because they're just not hearing it, man. They're not hearing the message that they want to hear. And it doesn't seem to me 
then it's the message of more free stuff. Because they're all giving out as much of it as they can. They are. So it leaves room for you and me. If we are libertarians, we can get out there and tell them a message that they might like. We do have a great message. We have a message that says the government shouldn't intrude on people's lives. We have a message of peace. A message of non-aggression. A message that says the government should stay out of your personal life. That the government shouldn't be confiscating your wealth. I don't know that all mass people in Massachusetts want to hear that. Because maybe they do like the subsidies and the things that go on. But we can make a message that says, you know what? If we're going to... Subs- if we're going to... You know, they, they hate corporations, right? Well, we don't like the fact that corporations get subsidies either. We hate that. We're libertarians. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in crony, crony capitalism. Neither do Democrats. So there's a message out there. There's 41% that have no idea who they're going to vote for because they, they're... They've heard enough about handouts. They have. Free medicine, free college tuition, free this, free that, free lunch for all kids, free child care. That's not the thing that resonates with people. It seems like it seems to you and me that it does because the younger people that are voting, the that voting block, they seem like they're on board with these people. But I don't know that that's actually true. I think that there is a lot. There are a lot of people out there that just don't know. They just don't know, and that forty-one percent proves it. Forty-one percent of people have not figured it out yet who they're going to vote for. That are Democrats. That leaves that opening for you and me. Let's talk to our friends about this message. Let's get that message out there, and we can do that. And then you come back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for twenty twenty. Let me go ahead and feature a website for you guys today. It's called zerothposition.com. I'll go ahead and link it in my show notes page. But these guys, they have a website called The Zeroth Position, and it's the premier site for libertarian reactionary thought. That's what they call it. And honestly, it looks great. It looks like a way for somebody who likes to write articles to get them published. If you have libertarian thoughts, if you have libertarian articles that you've written, and you want them to go ahead and publish those things then it seems like they'll allow you to do it on their website. You just have to submit it to them, and if they think that it's a good good article, then they'll go ahead and publish it for you. And it seems like they'll actually pay you if you're a producer of content for their site. So that sounds like a great idea, but if you want to spread your message, libertarian, libertarian ideas, and that's the way that you want to do it through writing, this might be a source for you guys. So go ahead and check them out. And I'll go ahead and link that on the show notes page, zerothposition.com.